Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Hello and welcome to another Holly's Hotspurs Live. Unfortunately, for the first time of the season, I've got to talk about a loss and one that um, was a bit punch, shall we say. It wasn't fabulous, was it? Um, but with me tonight, I've got some amazing guests. It's a channel first as we've got a former Spurs player on the channel. Uh, Ra- uh, Ram- Raman? Raman? Raman Vega, how are you? <laughs> Holly, hi. Very good, very good. Very glad to be on your channel for the first ever player, to be honest with you. Good. Very good for you. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for agreeing to come on, show. So it's just disappointing we've got to talk about a bloody loss in it. But there we go. It's always the way. It's well, my luck. At Spurs, I think you've got used to it with that stuff, you know. <laughs> that is very true. When you put it like that, I mean, I feel a bit better. Lisa, um, let's not be too harsh. We had three games in a row. We won and we were at the top, uh, you know, uh, like the league. It. And I think we enjoyed that for a while whilst the international games were going on, you know. I think the reality came back straight away with Crystal Palace, you know. But Listen, yeah. we also have a lot of injuries as well. So it's not an excuse, but at the same time, listen, we don't like to lose. I definitely no. don't. <laughs> I mean, that's all of us. I think that's... Uh... And then we chose a team that decided to be up and down all the time. It's always the way, isn't it? But um, no, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We also have Forms. Forms, how are you on this fine Monday evening? Well, could be better. Could be talking about a win, but no, I'm all good. I'm, uh, I'm buzzing to be here. Thanks for having me back. Right, cheers for, for joining again. And we also have Finley. Finley, how are you this evening? Um, yeah, I'm all good. Still not over Saturday, to be honest with you. But um, at least we get to go for it in some detail. But yeah, nice to be back on the channel. Cheer Thank up, you. Finley. Smile. <laughs> <Finley. laughs> Listen, the Sonia game. It's not like, uh, you know, come on. I know we went over the weekend to the church we lost a little bit but that's not happening again now hopefully not you know no listen you're you're one of the very few human beings that can say they won a trophy with tottenham hotspur in the last 30 years <laughs> yeah. so you know you know what that's yeah, exactly. like. I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure i'm happy about it or embarrassing about it <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair oh, enough now listen i'm definitely definitely not that proud to you know one something tottenham hotspur is not uh uh, every year equation let's call it that be honest here you know and um, yeah. and still today we're talking about it so i'm definitely very very proud and uh, i can look at my medal every day that's the beauty nice. about it <laughs> nice. nothing I else like counts that. you can you can say good <laughs> bad i don't really care i just show you the medal that's the most important part you lose no, you with a legacy, you know that's it so, I mean... tell us oh god Go on, I was just going to say, I mean, sports analysis in the uh, in the chat said, are you ready to start against Chelsea for us? <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. Let me pump a little bit. Hold me up. <laughs> oh, we, could, a... we could do with five, you at the back, five, actually. Yeah. Five minutes, maybe, maximum. And I have to go <laughs> back to the bench, be honest, you will maybe understand, to be honest. Uh, from fitness point of view, not even a chance, to be honest, you The speed and... The fitness you need to be today at the Premier League, I think uh, that's maybe 20, 30 years to go, but not today, to be honest with you. Um, I'm happy even to clean the, the boots. That definitely, just to be the, having the atmosphere there, no. to be honest you. <laughs> uh, and cheer them up, the team, you know. But uh, no, definitely not ready for that. Love to, but not ready. 
not ready. But no, let's let's go uh, crack on with this. I mean, obviously there was a lot of changes, like you said, uh, Ramon. Obviously with the uh, injuries and the international break. Um, but we saw with this geezer behind me that um, I feel like is bringing bad juju at the moment with Harry Winks because obviously he slipped in. Um, and we didn't have really a creative midfielder. Now, Ramon, I'll come to you first. What's your kind of takes on Harry Winks? Do you feel that Nuno maybe made a bit of an error playing or starting Harry Winks? Or do you think maybe it's the only best option to go for against Palace? I think from Nuno's point of view, the options were very limited, you know. And I think because, well, I'm not in the training session every day. I don't see the kind of attitude and and the fitness level some of the players are he has for the weekend, you know. So I'm assuming knowing Nuno how he works himself with assistant coach, they're really looking into the whole data, how the players are actually, from the fitness point of view, the mental point of view, if they're ready to go into such a game as such, you know. So I think he selected through that data he's been received during the week, you know, with, again, with a very limited kind of options to, to play. So I think from Nuno's point of view, Wings was definitely the option at the time. Was it the right maybe potentially not or maybe Winks was the equation too too big for him because the responsibility sadly is very huge because the big players you know so on and so on, were not there you know were pretty much carrying quite a lot on their shoulders at Tottenham you know but at the same time it's a very good experience because these are the games where you grow as a player especially for Winks this, this, these are the games where even as a negative kind of uh, uh, let's call it uh, game in terms of losing I think it's also very, very, very good, positive in terms of you learning from such negative uh, games as well, you know. I think it's mm. past the point of learning for Winks, though. Like, <laughs> we see... No, but I, I I, used to love Harry Winks. He used to be one of those sentimental players for me that you look at, you go, you dreamed of playing for Spurs, you're playing for Spurs, I love it, let's have it. The passion is unreal. But he does the same things time and time again. There's no there's no creativity, There's, there's minimal vision and the passes are slow and sideways and backwards and it's and, and and harry winks will slot in when we don't have many other options and we'll either take a defeat or we'll play not very well or he'll come off early and and you can say he'll learn from it i don't think he's the type of player now that can learn from those types of things that he's doing because he does it again and again and again uh- Yes, I'm maybe right with you if he's doing it again and again. But at the same time, there's a consolation when you're playing in a team where it's quite with a lot of injuries there. Don't forget, international games uh, were also disrupted by the three South American guys not coming. Where I'll, mm. I will come back to that in a minute as well. I think they're kind of disgraceful from players' point of view, federations, how they treated. Tottenham Hotspurs as a club point of view as well. They're not having the them available for the weekend, but they're quite important. And some of them also pay quite a lot of money this this summer as well. You know, not to have them, I think it's also kind of a question mark to be to 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 look into. But coming back to things, I think the progressive side point of view. I agree with you. I have not seen him progressive progress at this time or at the point where he actually could actually put the point. To, to the game and say, listen, that's me, that's my design, that's my kind of signature. It has not. He's not progressing at that point of view. So that kind mm. of thing, it's potentially a question mark over himself personally. But these games are also, at the same time, he has to question himself. Is he ready to progress or not? Mm. Oh, fair enough. It, it is very interesting. I mean, that's the thing. I think mm. towards the end of the first half, it kind of went very flat. And I was thinking to myself, 
no, no, you've got to, you've got to try something different now. And I think Finley, that's just kind of something you're all screaming out for. I, I don't think it takes a tactician to realise, okay, we're a bit flat now. We need to mix it up. Maybe put a creative player on. Maybe put the lights of Gil on. So I come to you, Finley. Do you think maybe at half time, Nuno maybe should have mixed it up if it wasn't necessarily progressing the way the game should have? Oh, I, d- I definitely think so. I think I said when the um, I remember saying when the team come out as well, um, maybe. You know, going back to the whole Winks thing, maybe drop Delhi a little bit deeper because, you know, he can play there and maybe put uh, Brian Hill in the front front three as well alongside Kane and Lucas. You know, maybe that could have been a different option. But I think you, you're pretty much spot on. Like, at half time, it was... I don't think we had a... Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we had a shot in the first half. I could be wrong. Uh, but I don't remember one anyway. But um, it just felt like the whole... We were just kind of coasting. We were just kind of letting, you know, letting Palace have the ball, letting... You know, we talk about Winks, and all you have to look at is Conor Gallagher in that game. You know, for me, he was he was unreal. He's probably man of the match, to be fair. I think he got it, mm. but he was he was incredible. Like he was, you know, dictating the play. Always wanted to make things happen. And you know, when you just even if you go back three years, that's what Winks he used to do for us when he first broke through into the team. Like form said, you know, everyone remembers that game against Real Madrid, mm. and it's just not been there. It's just not been there since then. But I think you're, you know, pretty much spot on. I think. And then Dombele or uh, Brian Hill would have certainly changed the game at, um, at half time. Um, but then again, I'm sure we'll get into it. But then the red card, 20 minutes after the second half started, just changes it again completely, and we're back to square one again. Mm. Uh, and it is good you've mentioned that because that was the thing. I think obviously losing Dyer in those those uh, opening minutes in the first half kind of really set the pace of what the game was going to be like. Um, yeah. So forms, I come to you obviously with everything that happened with Eric Dyer. I think that was a major blow because he has been playing quite well. And we'll yeah. obviously obviously get onto Sanchez and everything which uh, Ramon's already mentioned. But do you think maybe losing Dyer that early on kind of unsettled the uh, the back line as well before everything else For that sure. happened afterwards? For sure. I mean, look, I was at the game and when I say it was it was probably the worst away day I've ever had in my life just because of, first of all, I'd have been half a cheer. So first of all, the journey, second of all, the actual, the result and third of all, the journey back. So it, was, it wasn't great, but, but being there, it gives you this, this, you get to see things that cameras don't necessarily pick up. And Dyer in that first 15 minutes, playing next to Tanganga, who obviously we'll talk about in a sec, um, Dyer has this because he's he's one of the vets at Spurs now. He's got this influential role when it comes to younger players, especially younger defenders like Tanganga, like your Rodons. So if you're because he's got he's kind of got to fill that role that Vertonghen and Toby had because they were the senior ones and and whoever they were playing next to, they'd sort of keep them keep them going, keep them motivated. Um, and Dyer really had that effect on Tanganga in the first half. Dyer played really well. Obviously, he went off. And, and Tanganga sort of continued to play how he was playing through the rest of the first half. I thought Tanganga had a fantastic first half. When Roden came on, because they're both relatively inexperienced compared to someone like Dyer, they didn't have that leader on the back line. Obviously, you've got Regulon, who's still fairly new to the squad. You've got Emerson, who was his debut. There was no leader in that back line to sort of control things. And that's when things started to spiral. Like you could see, even when the ball was... was uh, we were on the attack and the ball was well away from us. You could see Dyer sort of talking to his back line and, and, and just being that vocal presence that we needed. The moment he went yeah. off, you could feel that go, just disappear. And and that was true. And I rate Rodon, I rate Tanganga, but together for the first time, I think it was, there was no, like I say, there was no leader, no influential role. And that's when it just went... Whew. 
I mean, yeah, that is spot on. And I come to you, I mean, obviously playing in, in the back line before, like, do you think that's kind of sentiment? Do you think after Dyer went, that was kind of it? It was a bit like, OK, we've got no senior players, so to speak. They've played in that role. We've got two youngins now we've got to try and rely on. And like Form said, Tanganga did play brilliantly well in the first half. He just kind of lost his head with that Zaha incident. I think that the well, that the third thing, I think it was a learning process for him as well to really be, to try to be cool about it and not really be wound up. Uh, uh, because as a player, I can understand you've got all the, the aggressivity and you want to be showing uh, everybody you'll be part of that, but you also can lose your, your hat very, very quick, you know, suddenly when such small little kind of things happen that will happen with him, you know. I think that's something also to learn for him for the future, that's without no doubt. The other part I actually see within the whole group, I think the leadership side point of view has missed quite a lot in that, in that team on, on Saturday. Um, irrelevant now, some of the players, potential like Dyer, were, of course, without that, just very responsible in a way as a leader to be because it's more, more experienced than other ones as well. But the youngsters are now young enough as well to take that responsibility on because you're playing in the Premier League. You're not playing now mm. uh, in the under 18, 19, 21. You are at the Premier League. You have to show your man enough to take responsibility. However, you age at this, you know, even you're 18, 19, 20. You won you in the first team, you're a man and take the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, will happen, you know. So that part has missed uh, on that side of the uh, even the die went out. I, uh, there was this coming back to Vinks as well. Vinks could be this is the kind of role for him, he could take into it, you know, that mentality that okay, wow, all the, all the people I die or left. What's, what's happening now? I want to have that character, the passion, where they're taking responsibility. Even they risk something. I don't care they're losing the ball because they risk something about it. But at least they went through it. They're not just passing left, right, backwards. And just yeah. kind of that safety net uh, passing where you just don't want to lose the ball or you don't want to make mistakes. I prefer somebody who's more aggressive, makes a little bit more mistakes, but that second or third pass suddenly is more determined and actually more productive in the game. That part has missed within the players uh, on, on the pitch. Relevant of the age are just that leadership and, and aggressivity has uh, really, really missed. That's something I, I, I missed man- much, massively. Mm. And it is good you mentioned that because obviously Crystal Palace came far and out of the box. I thought they were kebabbing literally everyone in the first half. You kind of sit there and think, hang on a minute, John Moss, what are you looking at, mate? Um, but it's true. They kind of, they seemed they wanted it a bit more than us at the weekend. And it is true you say that. I think a lot of players need to have that bit more aggressive nature within them. So, Finley, obviously saying that, I mean, we've talked about um, some negatives, but I just want to pick on, obviously, Emerson. It's the first time we've seen him play in that right-back role. Do you think um, that he's going to develop into a great right-back that we've kind of, I feel, missed for quite a long time with the likes of Sergio and Doherty? Do you think that this could be the real turning point for Emerson? Or do you think there's... Um, some worrying points to maybe think about him from his play against Palace. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a hard one to judge, to be fair. Sorry, Ramon. Um, yeah, it's a bit on, of a hard on. one to judge, to be fair, because you chuck any new right back in who's coming into a new league, you know, new environment against Zaha, who's notorious for rinsing right backs, you know, week <laughs> in, week out. And, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to judge anybody. Um, and then especially when he has to go into a defence that's reshaped because going down to 10 men. Um it, oh, I think for me, I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens against if he plays against Rennes and he plays against Chelsea, um, because he'll then have obviously a cop, maybe a different um, defensive partner, maybe a different whole defence next to him. Um, but he just he did seem to be there was a couple of occasions where 
it's, it kind of all goes back to Winks and especially the midfield, to be fair, where he was just he was bombing on down the right. And you could just see he was in oceans of space completely. I mean, yeah. forms, you probably saw it more because you was there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on TV, you can kind of see him just like going, like, I'm here, I want the ball and I'll just get on down the wing. Yeah. But the ball just wouldn't go out to him. And I think if you if you play in the right way that gets the ball out to him and goes, do you know what, right, he'll get on. And then you get Kane into the box, you get Delhi making late runs into the box. Then maybe you can become that, um, you know, that attacking right back. And the, like you say, we've certainly missed since Walker and we thought we had with Vore and Doherty, but they've just been the complete opposite. Mm. But that, that is interesting, like you say. I, th- I think we're all kind of hopeful that Emerson is going to push on and be that, that right-back we've kind of missed for a long time. But like you said, I just don't think we managed to get ourselves out of the box. And like you said, he did kind of keep Zaha quiet. It was just the fact, obviously, what happened with uh, Tanganga losing his head and going down to 10 men. Um, but as well as that, obviously, Ramon, I'm going to come to you on this one because I, I kind of know your kind of thoughts on Harry Kane. There was He was kind of non-existent against Palace. And I, I don't really know why, in a kind of sense. So I'll come to you, Ramon. What are your thoughts on, obviously, Harry Kane's performance uh, against Palace? <laughs> Good question. I was just to say, <laughs> I, I didn't see him, you know. So uh, I thought he was not playing. I was always on the bench, to be honest with you. Uh, from... from but at the same time, you know, you can't really uh, um, place like that where been talked quite a lot over the summer, as we know, everybody. And the level we all talk is the world class. I think these are the games you show the leadership to be world yeah. class. Uh, to be honest, you. Uh, irrelevant of mm. injuries, relevant of young players. This is what I was saying before. I was missing that. And a player like that status has been giving as well. Okay. Uh, I will expect a little bit more. I know it's coming from an international games. It's always tiring. I know that from my personal experience when you're coming back for, for the games from Switzerland. It's a completely different environment. You're, it's, it's, you traveled a lot as well. All of that. But that's winner mentality if you see it Ronaldo on the weekend mm. at his age. I'm sorry, it's a different class. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's what makes a world-class player to a very good player in terms of the difference. When you have a team where even you are the only one that's all holding on your shoulders and you make that difference, and that's what I was missing a little bit on, on the Saturday, irrelevant of the injuries, you know. Um, but again, you can't really blame it just of him. Of course, maybe the supply of balls was limited, as we already re- realized that before. But again, we, we, if we are a world-class player, you have to have that, even in 90 minutes, that small little five minutes action will make just a difference. That's it. And I was more, I was expecting that and I was missing that and that didn't happen from a player like that. I was expecting much more. Let's, let's be honest. No, and I think most of us, well, all of us, I think, can agree to, to an extent because sometimes I've seen play out wide, like, mate, what are you doing? Come inside. Yeah. You're that central striker. We need that. Obviously, where we didn't have Sonny, maybe if we had Sonny, but again, we can't use those excuses. A player like Harry Kane, you think he would have turned on the gas when it really mattered. So, Forms, I come to you. I mean, it's kind of, hindsight would be a lovely thing if I was to say, oh, Son was playing as well. But do you think maybe Kane also now relies on Son as much as he kind of does himself? Because again, Sonny wasn't there. He went kind of unnoticed. Like Ramon said, he, we didn't even realise he was playing sometimes. Yeah. 
I think, look, you've, you've only got the last two seasons to look at to see how much Kane has relied on Son with the amount of assists and, and, and the positions that Son has allowed Kane to get into and vice versa because they've got such a good footballing understanding with each other that the chemistry is is there and, and you could close your eyes and you could know where the other one is on the pitch. I think that they they work so well together. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say that Kane's sort of lost without Son. I just, I feel like Son gives Kane that level of comfort on the pitch to, to be able to do more things or do less things. Because when Son isn't playing, all eyes are on Kane. When Son's playing, all eyes are on both of them. So, and I understand, look, Ramon, you were saying, you were saying that, that even in games like this and times like this, uh, it doesn't matter who's playing. If you are a world-class player, you step up. And I agree. And, and we really didn't see the world-class side of Kane on Saturday and it was really annoying. And actually, I, I mean, I'd love to get your guys' opinions on this, but do you think the whole, the thing that happened over the summer in the transfer window with Kane wanting to leave or trying to push for a move to City, do you think that's had an effect on his relationship with the players in the dressing room? Because if so, then that kind of explains why he might not be getting as much delivery as as, as he has in previous seasons. I'd, I'd definitely say I mean, so. Hmm. Um, sorry, I won't go as far as that. Um, if it was as bad as that in terms of the dressing room, that you were actually very maleased in terms of the pitch. You're not really providing balls to your mate. Yeah, I think that, I mm. think I won't go as far as that. Listen, I played a long time. Mm. Even I hate potential player in the dressing room, but when I'm on the pitch, is my teammate. <laughs> Uh, True. Go on. Who I'll did you? Break, who I'll did you? I'll break my ankle yes, for him. Yes. Who did you? <laughs> give, give us the exclusive. To, to go who, as who far as the kind of a kindergarten <laughs> style schoolyard kind of revenge. Oh, I, I hate you. I'm not going to play the ball. Nah, that, listen, guys. No way. Well, if I was in the dressing room, I will not accept it. I will just take the guy to the corner and say, "Listen, don't play, man," or or go to the school again. You know. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think that that's, that's the, 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 the issue in that side. It's, there's no doubt that the disrespect side point of view has left something, some traces behind. Let's be honest mm. about it. You know, the whole saga was uh, absolutely unacceptable. Uh, and uh, I said many times and I stay with that. And, and the respect point of view was gone at that point. Uh, many that stay because... I love him. That's great. That's their opinion. But I have my opinion about it as well as from men's point of view and from his players' point of view in the dressing room. You know, that definitely has definitely give some to left some traces behind. But the players are professional enough as well that that when you go on Saturday out, you're playing for the club and you're not playing for Harry Kane. And Harry Kane sure. is not the club. Tottenham Hotspur is always bigger than Harry Kane. And I think this is. This is one thing where Hurricane has to now realize, yes, I put my hands up, he made the mistake, whatever happens in the summer. He just has to show on the pitch now that he actually really means to play for Tottenham and win something. And from my point of view, my respect will only come if he wins something for Tottenham. He can score 200 goals, I don't really care. Interesting. But if, if he wins a trophy, Ramon Vegas, the first time, first to shake his hand and respect him again. Until then, <laughs> I don't want to talk about anything about goals and world class and everything else. It's 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 very crucial because that's the legacy a club leaves. 
Look at me. We, I'm talking 25 years later. I'm here mm. with you talking about a trophy. It's embarrassing to say, to be honest you, because we only yeah. 25 years later, we're talking about trophy, second trophy between. We're done. But if he leaves something with a trophy, then he has both combination, score goals and won something with the club who actually hardly never win the trophy, but still won something with them. That will keep for life. And that's mm. more important than anything, any money will get to Manchester City or anywhere else. That will keep him alive forever. And that's what I will take the heads up when he's doing that. And he will get my respect back. Until then, yeah, he's just another Spurs player. I get that. I do get that. And going back to world-class, for me, Son is the world-class player. Let's let's go to the point. He is. Yeah. He can see again and again how much that player was missing on that Saturday on the pitch. This guy is a machine. He's a goal scorer. He's, a, he's serving the play, serving the club. He's, he's just the all-rounder, proper world-class player. And from my point of view, years I've been saying that I don't know why they underestimated that player so much. But for me, he's definitely that, that one of the best players now in that position. There's no, no doubt. And you can see, he makes a difference. With Kane or without Kane. Kane. With Kane or without Kane. Man City, mm -hmm. just to give you a... It's Man City, not Crystal Palace. Without disrespecting Crystal Palace, you know. But <laughs> it's Man City. Uh, he is the one stand up. Um, but he that's, for me, one of the... At the moment, at Spurs, the world-class player. Yeah, mm. I agree. And today, yeah, today, like it's six years, isn't it? He's been at the club, and um, you, I watched his uh, video just before coming on, actually, of his like time at the club, and you can see he loves it there, and he gives his all to the club, and you just wish that, obviously, all this crap that's ha happened with Harry Kane, you just hope that this has opened his eyes a little bit, and actually, if he wants to uh, win some trophies, it's not going to be that mega bucks move. It's going to be right here, right now. You put your all into it. Like you said, now that Son's there as well, regardless whether Harry Kane's on the pitch or not, Son's the man that's going to do it. So why not they keep grinding together and hopefully get these these trophies over the line? Because like you said, that's a partnership. I know, obviously, Sonny is maybe the more the world-class player, but that partnership together, you'd like to think that they are going to do something. And I think if they don't do something at this club with them together, I think it's going to be a major waste in that kind of sense because sure. that's the thing. We need, to, mm. we need to actually push on and start... I mean, competing for trophies, that's that's the one thing. Um, but obviously, like we said, I think so, uh, Saturday was just an absolute mess of all different types of things, obviously losing Dyer, the whole Tanganga business. Um, but I think it's the way we come back from this. Obviously, we've spoken about the players that we missed. Um, I know you wanted to touch quickly, uh, Ramon, on obviously the whole debacle of the um, international FA about Sanchez and um, that lot not being able to come back to Tottenham. So... I'll get your takes on that quickly because obviously you mentioned it. So what, what's your kind of like takes on the whole way that uh, Tottenham have kind of been treated with the whole kind of player-wise? You asking me? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, it's just got a little bit of storm. I didn't hear the, uh, the question again. Sorry again. So obviously you spoke earlier about how um, international players have been treated, obviously not being able to come back in time for games. And obviously there was that whole thing with Lo Celso and Romero. So what's your kind of like outlook on it? Are you are you more towards the players kind of leaning or can you see where the international uh, uh, well, organisations have kind of gone with it? I think, I think this is a two-way kind of responsibility. You know, there's the player where majority of these games are playing the Tottenham Hotspur paid. 
90 plus percent, we call it. And I also respect to be an international player. You play for your country, as I've played. Um, but at the same time, not turning back because potentially your own respons responsibility as a player, that you have to actually stay back in Brazil or in Argentina because you're, I don't know, whatever happened that time, then you, you have to take responsibility as a player that you have to be blamed as well. And I think in this case, I, I think these three players somehow some, a little bit disrespected really as well the club. Yes, the international games are important. I understand that. But at the same time, the club is the one who pays all the, the majority of the wages in your lifestyle, you know. So come back as soon as possible and give a hand, especially now when so many injuries were there. These guys were needed, to be honest with you. This is why these guys came into this club this summer, you know, because they are needed to replacement. They needed some reinforcement into it. And then suddenly in important games like that, they're suddenly not there. And that's, that's uh, a little bit disappointing from the player's point of view that they're not done more to be there on the weekend. Hmm. And that's, yeah, that is... That's my take. And on the other side, I think that the whole federations and, and, and the FIFA in this case um, are, has not handled this either well. Uh, mm. I think uh, it was a disaster, to be honest with you. It was already for the, before the, the whole World Cup qualification started. It was major issues all around. Um, so it was not a clear message or communication with all the federations around the globe. And in this case, it was obviously Argentina-Brazil a very important game and knowing what, what happened in Brazil with COVID-19 and everything else, you need to make sure the communication and that these players are protected in all angles, but also the clubs are protected, these players, you know. And that is not being handled very well. And I think this is also playing to in case FIFA, federations, both of them. Mm. And it is, I think, like you said, it's a two-way thing. And I think communication is the key thing. And it's, again, kind of slipping through the net. You'd hope in a world pandemic they'd be organised, but it uh, seems like they haven't been. And once again, it, it seems that both parties have kind of fallen short. Because it's true, every player wants to play for their, for their international team. But there comes a time you have to actually sit down and be like, oh, hang on a minute, I think my club are... It's probably a little bit more important at the moment when I've just come into this club and I need to try and make my mark and then you're swanning yeah. off to these international games. I don't know what any of you other guys take. Uh, Forms, do you want to maybe have a spin at what you kind of think? I mean, it was just... I mean, Aston Villa didn't help. It really didn't help because like, I feel like in the last minute they went... Wasn't it all Premier League teams decided to to unify and say, okay, we're not going to let our players go. And then the last second, Aston Villa went, yeah, go on then, you can do it. And because the two Argentines from from Villa were going, they I reckon they probably convinced the Celso, who then convinced Romero to go. I just, I'm more, I don't even know. I just, it was just one big confusing mess that I still don't really get my head around. And as soon as the players are back from from Croatia or wherever the hell they're training, I think it's all going to be absolutely fine and they'll be back into the squad and whatever. I think it, it was one of those things that nobody... Everyone's going to have their own opinion on it and I just... I don't really know what to say on that. I am annoyed at Romero, though. It's You're, you're right. It's like I've I've just signed for all this money to this club. There's a huge... There's a huge, a huge amount of pressure on me um, and they've told me to do something a month after I've signed and I'm going to completely disobey that and make them find me within my first four weeks of being here. It's a little bit like, it leaves a bit of a sour taste. Um, 
So I don't really know. I don't know. I just I want it to all to go back to normal and for us to be top of the league again, to be honest. <laughs> it's a form. You know, it's the top of the league. It's not so straightforward, mate. We've got the three games. We've done it, but that's the beginning oh, of the season. It's a long, long, long season, mate. Listen, I know. we are Spurs fans, you know? So <laughs> we know how to suffer, you know? So, <laughs> so I think we're masters at that. Let's yeah, we're definitely the mark. We're the master. We're Premier League winners. That's for certain, you know. We've got a trophy there. <laughs> I like you said that as well. So the only uh, trophy so that I've got on the I think, guys, we need to keep the positivity side still there. You know, listen, we're coming from back from a huge pandemic crisis the last eighteen months. Not just in the football, of course. Football kind of takes away the pain for normal normal people actually struggling on a day-to-day basis from having lost their jobs uh, you know the reality check really the day-to-day you know the football players are they don't see that too much i see it but they're in a little bubble in the same time you know and the football clubs keeps away that kind of feeling that's not happening that pain but i know for a lot of friends mm-hmm. of mine were really struggled the whole 18 months you know even businesses uh, uh, completely died and everything else so i feel sorry much for them than anything football players that they, they get the wages yeah they play the hobby but for me that was a hobby on a weekend and um, but the guys will have monday to friday to make sure that uh, you have a lovely weekend it's struggling to go pies and that's that's the reality so coming back into buying plays for spurs I find actually this transfer window was rude. It was rude. So much money to spend yeah. and so much on, on so much to play. 100 million to Man City. People, some struggle even past a week. And then I just spent 100 million quid on the worst, I would say, I think for, for years, the worst economic crisis, pandemic, everybody struggled, government struggles. And then people just spending 100 million quid. That's for Just me, like that. absolutely out of order. Root. I never yeah. thought of it like that. I've honestly yeah, never fan, fans, yeah, I know fans that want to buy, let's get buy club. And they, yes, great, fantastic. But I look at it from the reality checkpoint, if you're where we are, you know, everybody knows. Some are in a very good position, potentially. Good luck to them and happy for them. The majority, I'm telling you that now, they're not in a, in a great position and group football is entertaining and it's happy and that that's the good thing about it you know but in the same time let's not be foolish that uh, we have also issue uh, in the real world and spending 100 million quid plus on players that's just for me out of order and, and rude to be honest here. disrespect mm-hmm. to the normal person will actually go to the stadium because it's a people's game every single person goes to the stadium that have a job or haven't got a job for, for them saturday is that kind of destruction Mm. To to get out of the system, or maybe that frustration during the week because you didn't get a job, or you didn't, or you lost a job either way, you know. And and on Saturday you got that football experience, you know. And that, and that's the beauty. That's our responsibility as a player as well, and as a club, to give that fun back to 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 these fans, you know. So, yeah, I just wanted to give you that opinion about transfers and fees that I find absolutely rude this transfer period. If in other years when everything is rosy. I don't really care, but this summer, I think most of the Premier League should agree that there is a minimum or maximum spending and really just focusing on, on taking care of the fans during this year, even discounting the season tickets, all of that. Mm. Because, listen, let's be honest, it's expensive to go to the stadium. Indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Very expensive. And, 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 and 
and spending 100 million on players but not taking care of the fans who are potentially more loyal mm. let's be honest so but i want to just give you that kind of i don't want to go down with the show <laughs> but i want to give you the reality check of that's my opinion about uh, uh, uh if this summer transfer period so if tottenham didn't do as much as we thought was that expect but uh, in the same time uh we have to look at uh, in the long term that the tottenham is rebuilding again listen we didn't have done any transfer for a long long time you know until the champions league final with pochettino these three years before there were only youngsters coming through or no hardly no transfers you know for three years so can you imagine we are nearly three to four years behind on mm-hmm. taking players on uh it's not going to do in 30 days or 60 days transfer period no yeah. chance you can go fabrizio you can go to God knows, jesus come down nothing nothing will happen 30 60 days i'm telling you that now so i think you need to give time as well to to rebuild and we've done some good players coming into it we have kept some quality players as well and let's uh keep going the way it is yeah, exactly. And I, I am really uh, proud that you've come out with that as well, because obviously, as you can tell by the poster behind me, I'm not uh, too happy with the, uh, the gold egg, as I like to call him, Daniel Levy. Um, and it is true because it is expensive. I mean, I'm going to my first game and like since the uh, whole COVID things broke out, and I'm going to the Chelsea game and even that's expensive. And you're thinking to yourself, I haven't watched football for so long at the stadium. And... I've got to pay X amount of money to, to go watch it. And I know that's obviously the way that uh, the economy is going. But still, it, it is a bit of a cheek when you haven't watched your team play at the stadium for so long and you're paying all this money. I think the only thing I'm happy with about this transfer window is that we've obviously got a director of football that looks like he knows what he's doing because he's actually invested in something that can actually sit back and be like, OK, there's some actual potential here this time rather than throwing some hundred quid at some people that I'm thinking to myself, I don't think you quite cut it in the Premier League, but there's some substantial there. So, Finley, I'll come to you, obviously, with the last kind of comment on transfer window. What's your kind of thoughts? Are you pleased with the people we've we've got? I mean, we've already mentioned Hill this e- this evening already. Um, are you impressed with the dealings we've done this summer? I am, to be fair. I think, like you said, I think for the first time in a good couple of seasons for me, it seems like there's kind of a clear direction because... You know, like Ramon alluded to, you know, other teams, you know, City and Chelsea going out and spending X amount of money on certain players. Let's, you know, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, whatever, but I don't think we're going to win anything anytime soon. Um, so I think this build, whole building for the future thing, you know, Galini, Hill, Romero, um, players like that, um, you know, Sessegnon coming back off his off his loan spot. I mean, he seems to be made of glass, but at least he's still back. Um just sort of something like building, just building for the future, really. And I mean, it's what we did um, under Poch, and that works so well. Um, you know, you see people arguing whether this manager is the right manager already. I mean, that's, you know, that to me is ludicrous, arguing about it over four games. But that's some people, I suppose. But I think, you know, I think this window for me has been a pretty good one because, like you say, I think there's just a clear outline at the club. There's a clear, you know, vision of where, where certainly Paratici wants to take the club. Yeah. Um, you know, if that I, that might not be matched by the powers that be and whoever else, but I, I just I think for me it's been slightly more encouraging than say last year's uh, transfer window, for example, because I know we signed Doherty and whatever, but there was no really no no really plan for the way I saw it, and obviously that all got torn up when when Jose got the chop. But I think Paratici was Paratici was probably one of the best decisions and best signings effectively we could have made because he's just looks like to have come in and just gone okay this is the direction I want to take the club. This is the manager I want to get. These are the players I want to get. And he seems to have got the majority of, you know, the targets he had out in the first place. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Forms, I don't know whether you want to add anything to that, if you've got any other ideas. I feel exactly the same. It was it was like we were screaming out for a, a class centre half or an apparent class centre half and we bought one. We were screaming out for a new right back, we got one. We needed a, a, a more attacking player. Why not bring in someone like Brian Hill? He's young, he's got potential, Spain raves about him. So I, I think I think yeah, we we had a direction and we signed we signed players in the right positions. And I think we've got we've got relative depth. Obviously now I know that the with the, the the Sanchez and Romero being out of the country and we've got Dyer who's potentially injured for the Chelsea game and no Tanganga because of the red card. So the, the depth is, is looking quite thin in defence. <laughs> but the point I'm making is 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 we've we've got relative depth now, which is quite nice to see. Like if if we don't have Brian Hill then we got Mora. If we don't have Mora we got Bergwine on the right. And and when was the last time we had that many options on the right? Like it's it's nice to see that we have options. Um so and it's it's nice to see that that um, Paratici sort of come in and gone, okay, this is the direction we need to go. These, these are the positions we need to sign. They don't have to be world-class. We don't have the world's biggest budget, but let's let's make a start and see what we can do. And I think he's done well. Hmm. I think so too. And that's the thing, like, obviously being an Enic outer, you kind of want things to be progressing. I know they're never going to leave because it's Tottenham. They're, they're making enough money, as we so to speak. But you just want to see some progression. And I think getting... Don Fabio, as we all like to call him, in. I think actually shows some intent for once. And I think we've missed that for a long time. So that kind of sense, I'm a bit like, all right, mate, Livy, you can have your job for a bit longer. But um, <laughs> that being said, uh, Ramon, we obviously have the Conference League coming up um, and we kind of don't want to shock at what happened in the first leg against Paco de Ferreira. So mm. what are your kind of thoughts for that game? Do you think Nuno is going to try and um, go all guns blazing, get the job done first and then relax on the second game? Or do you think it's going to be more of balancing the squad because because of that game against Chelsea at the weekend? Well, first of all, it's a different situation now with the injuries coming up. So the selection are more complex. And, but at the same time, I think this uh, European conference is very important to take it very seriously. You know, a lot of people say, oh, let's get out of it and end up taking... No, I'm the opposite. This is potentially that medal we can potentially take in to be honest with you, uh, in terms of if you assess the overall picture of the team and the depth uh, of, the, of the Premier League and the competition in the Premier League, you know. We look at Man United now and, of course, uh, Liverpool as well on the weekend. We have a very extreme competitive uh, uh, Premier League content there, you know. So, this European conference is extremely important and take it very seriously. If I was Nuno, there's no doubt we have to go into with the best possible team to win uh, uh, this game. At the same time, uh, it's also good preparation for the Chelsea game because I think after the Crystal Palace game, there's no doubt Nuno will be very unhappy with the performance, with the players, and he will have some changes and consequences uh, in certain positions, what he potentially has as a, a, a available because of the injuries he has, you know. But he will definitely put up a team where it will definitely be for the Sunday game already ready, but very, very competitive and go out to win something. He has The club has to take it very seriously because I think that's the one that potentially can win, you know. So, uh, if I was a Nuno, I would go all the way and try to win uh, that game relevant to the Chelsea. Chelsea, we know, is one of the contenders. They are strong uh, and it's going to be a, a, a very good game as well. But I think Tottenham, of course, the injuries now, but if you look at like Manchester City, the first game, 
against big game, uh, teams like that, I think they come out and perform. Uh, mm. I might be wrong, potentially, but I think these are the games where Tottenham will come up and, and show that the, the real cap, uh, caliber they have, you know, and maybe the players not performing the weekend suddenly perform against these big teams of Chelsea, like they've done against Man City. The attitude was there, the, 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 the spirit as a team was there, really the work as a unit, and that's what I liked about the Man City game, to be honest with you. They're really like a unit. And then, of course, we've got the Sun, the World Class player, where sometimes Dan sees in the world kind of uh, uh, runs as well, what makes a big difference. But that uni unity, I have not seen that at Crystal Palace, what we mm. saw against Man City. So that, they have to come back to that kind of attitude, spirit, fighting spirit, and be unit. Even you're maybe, maybe one or two players less in the team, but when you go with the attitude and positive spirit into it as a unit, you can bring another 20-30% out of the performance and that's been missed against Crystal Palace. 100%. You just want that unity back and that kind of fight for every man who has that shirt on the pitch and like you yeah. said, we definitely missed that mm -hmm. against Palace. So Forms, I come to you. Obviously, we've spoken that Roman said that Roman, sorry, is going to said that we're going to go potentially gun home because we need to obviously it's one of those competitions we could possibly win the trophy. So mm. do you think maybe we'll see the introduction of Dane Scarlett on Thursday or do you think he'll stick with Harry Kane up top? I mean, I I personally think it would be silly to start Harry Kane against against Wren. I think, I think put Dane Scarlett out there, give him a go. Only reason I say that is because you don't... You don't want to run any sort of risk of Kane getting injured for a, for a game like Chelsea. And yeah, you can say that, that this competition is very important to us. And I agree. I when when we qualified for this competition, I was over the moon. I couldn't wait because I do think it's it's one of the best chances we will have of winning a trophy in a long time. But I think early stages where you can afford to play youth and you can afford to play your less experienced guys, I think we we probably should reserve a couple of solid first team players for the Chelsea game. Um so yeah, I do I do think we'll start Scarlet and I hope we do. And if we don't, so be it. Like it's it's not the end of the world. But yeah, no, I, I'd like to see Scarlet start. Yeah, it would be interesting to see Scarlett. Like we said, obviously that first game against Paco de Ferreira in the first leg, he didn't really utilise him very well because they were always asking for the ball to his feet, whereas he wanted it in behind. So for Lee, yeah. do you hope if then Scarlet plays that Nuno will be telling the players look you need to play it in behind because that's the best way to utilise it. No, oh, definitely. I think um, <clears throat> I see some people making the point, you know, like we touched on earlier about the point about Kane uh, ghosting at the weekend, but it always comes back to, you know, the service. If you don't, if you don't give the forward players, you know, if the midfield or the wingers or whoever it might be, don't give, you know, the person who's entrusted with scoring the goals the service, then we're not going to score any goals. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. And, you know, it can't, does depend on team selection or whatever, but somebody out there on Thursday has got a, you know, maybe maybe one of the midfielders will have a little chat with Dane and Dane might say, oh, do you know what? You know, if he starts, do you know what? Just give it to me in behind. I can, you know, I've got the beating of these defenders, whatever. And I think that's maybe one, you know, it's definitely what needs to be done because we, again, we saw in pre-season, like whenever Scarlett got the ball in behind, he was always, you know, he was always through, he was always wanting it. And even in the pre-season games that I watched, he got the ball in behind quite a lot. And um, I just think that's just the way he plays. And I know, I know it's easier said than done, but the players have to do have to adapt to having you know different players playing in different styles of games and whatnot. Um, but you can tell that's how Dane likes to play, and if he's gonna you know if he's gonna be the one entrusted with getting us the goals, then we do have to give him the correct service. 
Otherwise, he's just not going to score any. Hundred mm. percent. I mean, it's been great to talk to you, all, but I just want to kind of get your your kind of match predictions. I know it's pretty long winded, but obviously for both the conference game and the Chelsea game, which I think for me being the first game back to the lane is, is going to be a, a fabulous one. Either way, whether the the atmosphere is going to be great, I'm not too sure about the scoreline though. But nevertheless, uh, I mean, I come to you first for the conference game. What's your kind of predictions, and for the Chelsea game? Uh, well, the conference call, I think. Um, going back in terms of when the first game they played and everybody was astounded, wow, what kind of team actually Nuno selected at the time, you know? Some potentially would not get into the first team straight away when he didn't play the Manchester City. I think what Nuno was trying to do in that, these games, especially against the Portuguese sides at the time, was a good point to come out with the youngsters to see the depth of his squad he has in terms of like we now having injuries, which one he can count into it in some international games like the European conferences. And I think that game showed a lot of data for him, uh, for which one he can actually count into it. And I think some of them will definitely come up again and play uh, uh, next week. But of course, a mixture of potential Harry Kane coming in, maybe it's good to rest him for half time. And, and it's a good time to give the youngsters a good run as well in the same time and and just having also just hurricane on the bench that gives the confidence that he's coming in the second half or the last 30 40 minutes 30 minutes um will be also enough as well you know um again but he has to come in with seriousness and competitive uh, uh squad because you need to take it seriously now i think if they win one nil uh i think be very happy mm. I think we'd all be very happy, to be honest, after that Palace game. I think getting a 1-0 win, I'll take Palace, it, regardless Palace, of who the opposition Palace is. Came, um, you, you so can't for... take it too, too bad. The Palace came, I think we played three games in a row. We, 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 we all were at the moon and everybody was jumping up and down because we were top of the league. And, and to be honest, we had fantastic games. These three games were, were very good, you know. Now, we out of 4-1 was, I would say, very bad, let's call it. Mm. Okay, I can accept that. If it was all four very bad, we'll be sitting here and having a completely different conversation. Like at the <laughs> Arsenal fans, you know, I feel not too sorry, but that's what these guys are talking now. We are the bot, they're the bottom, we are the top. So, completely different conversation. So, we should be happy what we already achieved so far. And we've got nine points in our pocket, you know. Let's move forward to the next uh, game. And I think knowing you on the team definitely knows. And I, I see. That should have now a reaction, and Chelsea is the best uh, team to to give a reaction against that uh, uh, Crystal Palace. Fair mm. enough. I um I think that <laughs> I think the Ren game. I mean, it all depends on who we play in both these games. I predict three one against Ren. I think they're a, they're a decent, relatively decent French side, and I I think they've they've they they could potentially hit us on a dangerous counter or something like that. And I can see us conceding, so I'm going to go three one against Ren. Um, Chelsea, God, I <laughs> do you want my prediction or do you want what I want? Uh, because I'd love us to win 5 0, but I think, I think, look, I think we're we're gonna it's either going to be one of those games that we draw two all, or it's going to be one of those games where we actually fight for it and it will will, will swing 1 0 either way. And I'm saying that as a very biased Spurs fan because, like, deep inside my mind, I think we're going to lose. But I have to be positive, and I'm going to either go, I'm going to go two all, or I'm going to go one nil to the Spurs. 
films. It's only fans like and it. only a fan supporter can say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the back of my mind, we lost already, but I have to be positive. You exactly. know, <laughs> that's the one. Exactly. <laughs> I normally Just say it with the vodka in the end. Just be confident. <laughs> we win. Yeah. Not true. True. We'll win it. We'll win it. We'll That's win it. it. Finally. You win it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Finley, after that, you've got to say we've got to win it. What's your prediction? Uh, I think no, I think we'll win both of them. Um, no, um, I think for Ren, like like Form said, it kind of depends on the team selection, or whatever. I mean, I'm you know, I'm not gonna pretend to be some sort of French football aficionado because I'm not, but I know yeah. they're missing um uh, Jeremy Doku, who um, you know lit up the Euros for Belgium. Um, yeah, I read somewhere the other week that he's injured. He missed the game at the weekend, I think, and I think it said at the time of writing he was potentially going to miss the Spurs game. And obviously, the other key player was uh, Camavinga, who um, left in the summer and bagged for Real Madrid last night. Um, so. I feel like they're one of the teams where, obviously, you know, nobody in that competition we can, you know, we can turn up and have the arrogance and go, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to turn these over as we saw, you know, numerous times last season in the Europa League and then just this season against um, against Pacos in the first leg. I think if we play a strong enough team, I think we, sh- I think we should be able to do the job. But I'll go, I'll go two nil, but I feel like it won't be an easy, um, an easy two nil. Um, and as for Chelsea, I think um, as. Holly, as you're, you know, unlucky for you sitting next to me for that game. Um, I'm going to say, I feel like, I feel like if you offered me a draw now, I would snap your hand off. Um, to be honest, I think just with, you know, the way Chelsea are at the minute and you just see them against um, Aston Villa and, you know, Lukaku had, I read the stat earlier about Lukaku, he had his two goals he scored, the combined XG was 0.05. So, you know how, you know, he's the clinical player that they were missing. And you just know if you give him an inch of space, he's most likely going to cause us a lot of um, a lot of trouble. But I think if we're up for it, you know, form goes out the window in a derby. And I, I always go back to the City game where, you know, nobody effectively nobody gave us a chance, and we, you know, look what happened. So I think I think if you offer me a draw, I'll snap your hand off. But I feel like something inside me is telling me we might pull off a shock. Go on, go on, Love go it. on, I like Lock it, it in. Definitely. I want that. I want. that hand delivered by THL. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to deliver. We're going to deliver a shock. I reckon we could nick it one nil. Nice. I'll take it. Love it. Love it. One of my best mates is a Chelsea fan, so love he's going to clip this up now and ruin me on Sunday when we lose. <laughs> so that's not good. <laughs> well, I got my roast ready. That I'll tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm telling you right now, we need to win, otherwise I'm gonna have a depressing birthday and Finley you're gonna have to put up with me like moaning and groaning literally on the way to walk back to the train station. I'll be fuming, I'll be livid. But hey, every time I've watched a Tottenham game, Harry Winks has become Wink and Esther. So I'm just saying if Winks turns up on the day and he's playing, you never know. The good luck omen's there. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm I'm not too sure about that. But I wanna say thank you both. Before we go, actually, um Space Bar Gamer. I said, uh, Ramon, that uh, he thinks your kitchen is behind them with a, a fridge behind your special bookshelf behind you. Can you can you allude to whether that's right or not? No, this is solid. There's no hidden agenda. There's no 007 behind. No, that, it looks like a door. It does in the middle. It does it actually. Like does it really? Oh. Is that your back cave behind there? Is that where you keep your your Spurs medal? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, oh, I love no it. door. It's fixed. Oh. It's proper. 
proper, you know. But my fridge is just around the corner because I oh, got my brilliant. <laughs> It's very important. So, Mr. Space Fargamer or Gamer, whatever he, he's called. What, what, what do you pronounce it? Space Bar Space Gamer? Bar Gamer. Sp Who is that? Sp Space Bar Gamer. <laughs> That's a great name. I love it already. <laughs> oh, okay. He's definitely Space Cadet. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> I mean, my good mate, Chris, who I think might be related to me because he's got an awesome surname. It said that Raymond is the, is the new is the new Batman. I mean, I'll take it, Raymond. I'll all take that. All day long. All day long. See what the show all makes. I'm totally a Batman. Goodness me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, uh, all of you, for joining. Um, thanks to the people in the chat. It, it's been class. I just want to go around the room and um, say our goodbyes and where we can find each other on our social media and stuff. So, Forms, I'll start with you. Where can we find you and what kind of things do you do? I'm a rapper. Uh, I make sick music, uh, and if you want to hear the bars, type oh, wrong way. Type that name into anything: Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube. These yo, are squeezing yo, yo, Just man. forms yo, everywhere: TikTok, Instagram. You already know I'll be there. The rapper, rapper, boys. The wine's hit, hasn't it, Ryan? The wine definitely kicked in. We are on the way. We've been going on now. Well, you can tell it's hitting. Go for it, Fonzie. Go for it, Fonzie. Give me one. Give me one. Do go go. No, it's all. If you want, if you want to listen to the music, you know where to find me. Oh, Roman man. wanted a sick beat right there, man. He wanted you to rap yeah. over the top of yeah, his beat. Yeah, go for it, man. Give a show, man. Come on. We're here for that. You're rapper, he man. doesn't do it on the spot. You can tell. There's, oh, there's, right. Look, I, I, I don't... I wouldn't... No, I, I love a freestyle wait. me, but... Wait. Oh, wait. He's, wait. He's, he's, he's mixing it. I need to... I need, I need to drink what you're drinking, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's running. He's rolling. Come on, mate. Go for it. <laughs> No, look, you'll 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 hear it next time. Next time Holly does a show, you will hear it as uh, as as the intro because I've promised her that I will uh, I will make her a little intro, and that is exactly what I'm in the middle of doing. Holly, so, Holly, you're blessed already, eh? You've got an entrance. Oh, no. you, oh, no. What can you do? I mean, a forms rap and a and a win against Chelsea at the weekend. I mean, my birthday's made. I mean, what more? There we you... go. There we go. <laughs> From um, red one. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Hang on, I'm gonna. As... I'm gonna. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, you still got any of that left after Saturday, uh, mate. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finley, where can we all find you, man? Um, just on, on Twitter, you just whack in Finley Triangle, Finley THFC Turner. I've just basically moan about Spurs all the time or plug the bits of football writing that I do because I want to be a sports journalist. So if yes. you're into any of that, just plug it in and you'll find it all there. <laughs> Sweet, Good isn't luck, Finley. And... Yes. Well, you don't and, ask uh... me where to find me. <laughs> oh, well, I thought I might, you know. I thought I might. I thought I'd just put it out there. I'm so used to asking everyone. Not I've when I've got a pro on the I channel. I don't really care, to be honest with you. <laughs> Whoever wants me, find it, finds me. If not, uh, and if you, if you can't, if, and if we can't find you, it's because you're hiding behind the bookshelf. Exactly. <laughs> He's got a secret wine stash behind the bookshelf. Only he knows it's there. <laughs> no, that's the different question, mate. That's a different question, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear, but thank you uh, all of you for joining me tonight. It's been class. I just wish we had a win to talk about, but in actual fact, I think it's been good therapy. So I'll yeah. take that. Um, and thanks yes. to everyone else in the chat as well. Until next time, come on you Spurs. See you later.